podcast. Welcome to the Asia Society Hong Kong Movers and Shakers podcast. Through the short interactive fireside chat, we get to meet with the leaders and game changers in different industries for insights into their personal journey to success, what they learned, how they failed, and other interesting wisdom they may want to share. Today's podcast with Helena Storm, Consul General for Sweden in Hong Kong and Macau. Helena has a Master's of Law from Uppsala University, worked with human rights, war crimes, and trafficking issues for Sweden's Ministry of Foreign Affairs, was first secretary at the Embassy of Sweden in Ankara, Turkey, and Chief of Staff at Sweden's Ministry for Trade. After five years as Consul General in Hong Kong, Helena will be moving to Bogota, where she will take up the position of Sweden's ambassador to Colombia, Ecuador, and Venezuela. Helena dropped by Asia Society Hong Kong to conduct the following interview. Welcome to Asia Society um, Hong Kong Center's uh, Movers and Shaker podcast. I am delighted uh, that today uh, I have uh, uh, Helena Storm, Consul General uh, of uh, Consulate General of Sweden to Hong Kong, Macau. And I'm delighted that uh, Helena has taken time from her busy schedule, her last week in Hong Kong, to speak to, uh, to me. And uh, Helena has been Consul General here in Hong Kong uh, for Sweden on behalf of Sweden from 2015 to 2020. And we want to take this opportunity to ask her um, about her experience, and we'll end with the, the talks about um, you know, her experience, but in some ways use this opportunity to talk about her advice maybe to young people uh, and her, the influences in her life. And um, so let's start with um, Helena. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank and you for inviting me. We're really, you're our second um, Council General that we've had for this podcast. And also, uh, last time it was uh, Michaela Browning, Council General from Australia before she left. And we were going to ask similar questions. Um, but as a young person, um, when you were growing up in, um, in, in, in Sweden, who kind of influenced you? Um, and in some ways, who influenced you to become a diplomat in, you know, in your illustrious diplomatic career? Thank you. Uh, that's a difficult question because uh, there's, there, there has been so many people uh, influencing me uh, throughout my life. So many inspiring both women and men. Um, and uh, I would say we have, a, we have a great tradition of Swedish diplomats. Uh, we have, uh, of course, Dag Hammarskjöld, who was Secretary General for the UN. and. Uh, that's someone who has been inspiring me, inspiring me a, lo a lot, and I think um, one of the reasons why you know I started this career. Uh, another uh, person that I would say had a decisive uh, influence, uh, like in, in over this, was uh, a teacher that I had uh, when I studied uh, political science in Sciences Po in Paris. I had a teacher called uh, Olivia Gazali. And uh, she was my teacher in political uh, philosophy, a very difficult subject for a Swede. Um, and she kind of showed me how deep reality can really be and, and introduced me to concepts like, you know, uh, thes, antithes, synthes, that you usually do when uh, you, you use when you discuss and uh, try to understand different problems. And this was a way to think that I hadn't been uh, introduced to before. And that kind of opened up uh, a new way of seeing reality, that nothing is black or white, uh, but rather you know, goes through different nuances of, of gray. 
And it's really important to remember, uh, I think, not to simplify uh, the world and the reality in the world and our society's problems. And I think this is especially important today, to, to really try to understand deep down what's happening in our societies and, uh, and especially during these polarized uh, times. That's really interesting because um, I kind of share with you the same similar feeling. In this age of Twitter, um, I do not have a Twitter account because I feel like there's so much issues that, you know, uh, Twitter cannot express sometimes the depth. And right now, I think in your field and um, in the five years that you've been here and your career, I think uh, diplomacy, there is a lot of grace. And uh, so kind of talk about some of the more um, difficult or, or, or air situation that you've had to overcome as a diplomat uh, um, in your career in, in terms of the grays, um, you know, uh, kind of navigating um, that, that, that kind of situation. Mm, that's, uh, yeah, that's a, you know, day-to-day -day work for a diplomat. Uh, of course, in my, in my role as a diplomat, I need to think about, you know, uh, theoretical issues versus versus people relations uh, to understand issues versus communicating on different uh, issues and subjects um, geopolitics versus economic diplomacy not always easy to balance uh, also of course reporting to my capital um, what's happening in the place where I'm posted and uh, given interviews to local media to give an understanding of, uh, of Sweden and what Swedish society values are, are all about. Um, and of course, these different things are, are difficult to balance and you always have to uh, yeah, find the right tone. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, it, but, but to become a successful Diplomat. I think this is what you need to to do to find this uh, balance. Okay. And what in your career? Uh, I think what was more important to you? I think in in terms of whether it's EQ or IQ. I think um, uh, yeah. So the EQ and IQ question um, is it a combination of both, or is it one more important than the other? How how have you been navigating that? I think for me, it's really a combination of both, and. Uh, but I think if I have to choose one single asset to emphasize, I would highlight the capacity to inspire confidence. That's good. That's great. Let's talk about um, kind of uh, failures and, 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 and fear. Um, has there a failure uh, kind of the, in your life or career that I think you have learned from and, uh, and then that you later on kind of put you on a road to success, but you know we learn from our mistakes, mm -hmm. and uh, as successful as a, a career has. But I think the mistakes, I, I find that for me mm -hmm. is when I learn the most. Mm -hmm. um, so, any example of failures that had in the end? Yeah, that has. Of course, as you say, the mistakes and failures are really what you learn from uh, in life, and uh, I, I just. One example that I remember was uh, I was just I, I had just finished my studies in law and uh, from from Sweden and my studies in political science in France and I had met uh, my my today husband Samuel who who lives in who lived uh, at the time in Paris and 
I really wanted this job in Paris. So I applied and it was a very, uh, you know, good position in UNESCO and for a newly, you know, diplomed as a, a student that just recently finalized uh, her studies. This was very, uh, you know, something I really wanted. And I went through this very long and cumbersome recruitment process, all the steps, and then in the end it was only me and one other candidate, and uh, she got the job. That was obviously a very big uh, disappointment for me, because that meant I had to leave Paris, you know, look for other opportunities, and yeah, Samuel was there in Paris, so... But I, I, uh, I think... In now, in retrospect, I'm, I'm very happy I didn't get the job because what happened was that I, I turned to uh, Sweden and I looked for opportunities in Sweden and I applied for our diplomatic training program and enter our diplomatic training uh, or our diplomatic service. And I was accepted and then uh, Samuel moved to Sweden and he, does, he decided to you know, leave his country, his career and follow me. And I'm so grateful for that, to him, and uh, this is uh, a dream come true to do this job. So, you know, failure can also kind of show the way sometimes. Uh, yeah, and, and that was such a clear kind of uh, crossroad in my life that if, if that job had been given to me, my life would have taken another turn completely. Right, right. so that's, that's great. I mean, you know, sometimes, um, opportunity knocks, uh, and yeah. uh, and you know you never know. And if sometimes if these some things are no, uh, other things opens up. So I think that's mm -hmm. a really good, um, a good story for us to reflect on. But now I want to ask more about your time here mm -hmm. uh, in Hong Kong, mm -hmm. and then we'll come back to your uh, some advice you might uh, give to to uh, to your younger self. That we'll, mm -hmm. we'll save that for for later. But let's start off with uh, maybe talk about your first trip. To Asia or China, um, you know, uh, because you've been now um, here as a diplomat uh, on behalf of Sweden for the last uh, five years. But do you remember your first trip to this part of the world um, and your initial impression? Mm -hmm. Actually, when I landed in Hong Kong, it was the first time I visited Hong Kong. I had never been here before. Really? Yeah, and uh, I felt like stepping into a science fiction movie. Okay. Really? Okay. And I remember so that's only 2015. 2015. Okay. And this might seem, <laughs> you know, a bit uh, funny, but really, I I was so um, overwhelmed by the energy of the city. And in the beginning, the first couple of days, I was literally a bit worried getting out from my office because I I thought I wouldn't find my ba my way back with all the flyovers and you know, bridges and, and right. you know, kind of vertical way of living in a city, which I had, wasn't used to. But I also remember my first visit into China. Uh, that was the same year, uh, only maybe a couple of weeks later, and that was uh, a trip into Shenzhen. Mm -hmm. And it's just so overwhelming to consider that this was a village 40 years ago, and to understand, it, it kind of made me understand what China means to Hong Kong and uh, has meant to Hong Kong throughout history, but also what Hong Kong has meant to China and, and uh, to Shenzhen. Because, you know, without Hong Kong, its financial muscles, spirit, expertise in various areas, 
there would have been no Shenzhen mm -hmm. and vice versa. So I think that was a very important eye-opener to understand uh, this region or this part of China being the Greater Bay Area. And in this five years, um, you know, wow, you've been here in this really interesting time uh, because Asia Society, we opened in 2012. Uh, although we've been here for 30 years and this year we're celebrating our 30th anniversary. So this last five year, you've seen a lot of changes um, as representing um, uh, your uh, government here in Hong mm -hmm. Kong. And so can you talk about some of the reflections of these five years, um, because since you're going to be leaving next week or in a few weeks, um, but just kind of your, your, your uh, thoughts about um, what you've seen and, and you know, what will you be missing most about Hong Kong? Uh, and, and, but yeah, I'm, I'm really curious about your reflections of your, your f five years here in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been five very uh, rewarding years, but also challenging in many ways. And uh, I think during these years, Hang Hong Kong has gone through profound changes and um, it became a spotlight for international attention. And this has gone very fast. So I think Hong Kong is right now in a transition period. And I, I do hope that, uh, you know, the one country, two system will come out strong and the rights and freedoms enshrined in basic law will, will be um, respected and will continue uh, in Hong Kong. Uh, it's, it's been uh, very, I would say, my, I thought my fifth year would be the kind of easiest year because when you have been here as a diplomat for four years, you have worked here for four years, you have your contacts, your, uh, you know, your way of working, you understand the society. So the fifth year, I thought it would be easy uh, or easier, but it turned out to be the most challenging one. It started out with the, with the protests following the government's proposal for the extradition bill mm -hmm. and then uh, the whole kind of several months of, of protests uh, followed uh, violent uh, confrontation in in Hong Kong and and I would say a, a very kind of strong engagement from the youth and this is also a positive that the, the young generation wants to engage in their future uh, of course you know, in, in all situations, this we encourage uh, non-violent means to do this. But I think what's important is to to see this young generation and to talk to them, to dialogue with them. Uh, they have a you know great passion, and um, I'm sure they they are a very constructive force in society if 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 they are let uh, to play that role. Uh, and then uh, came COVID, so another period of very challenging, um, you know, time because of the restrictions, no schooling, and as a mother of three, kids uh, of young age, yeah, it's been a challenge to keep them at home and uh, keep them busy. Um, and then uh, the recent political changes that has gone, uh, Hong Kong has gone through uh, with the national security law. Uh, all this has been, it, it's been a very uh, eventful and challenging year for a diplomat, but also rewarding in some ways. Right. Mm. Well then, um, 
can you talk about your best, um, your most um, proudest moment in your career? Um, uh, does it affect, I mean, it, I know we uh, work with you on a wonderful project with when we were expecting the King of Sweden, mm, yes. uh, but we still had a wonderful uh, 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 program here at Asia Society with some of the best, that, well, that definitely was one of the best uh, meals with two uh, Michelin star chefs. Uh, but kind of talking about here in Hong, whether it's in Hong Kong or your career, some of the proudest moments that you, you, you know, have been a part of or been uh, instrumental in? Wow, that's a very difficult question. There's so many things happened happen during these five years. Um, Definitely the the Royal Technology Mission that you mentioned was a great success, not only because of the great program we did with you, but also because it was the uh, time when we inaugurated the Nordic Innovation House. Correct. And the Nordic Innovation House is, uh, is a place to foster or to kind of to, to create a bridge between Hong Kong and the Nordic countries when it comes to innovation, entrepreneurship. And I had been working on this idea since I came 2015. I remember the first discussion I had with the then Secretary for Innovation, 2015. And it's been a long way. And then to finally see this inaugurated um, by uh, Carrie Lam and our Minister for, for uh, Trade and the Nordic other Nordic representatives from the Nordic countries. It, it was, uh, yeah, that was a very proud moment, actually, because it's really achieving a result um, that we've been working for very hard. Uh, another was uh, the establishment of uh, Karolinska Institute in Hong Kong, mm -hmm. uh, the first time a Swedish university establishes outside of Sweden. Um, that was inaugurated in 2016. And then I, I have been working a lot to foster people-to-people people, people -people relations in Hong Kong. We have transformed our ways of doing uh, national days mm -hmm. in the Swedish Consulate General. Um, since 2016, we do a public uh, national day. So everyone is welcomed. Uh, it's to you know showcase Sweden Swedish values, Swedish culture, and Swedish innovations to all Hong Kong people, and not only to, let's say, VIP people in black suits in a ballroom, right. if I may, you know, right. exaggerate uh, a little bit. But I think it's so important to open up. We are a transparent country. We promote transparency, equality, and therefore, for me, it was very important to open up when it's possible in a society of like Hong Kong, it is possible to open up the national day to also include everyone. So we had two national day celebrations in PMQ, in the courtyard, uh, open for everyone. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to thank you for that. Um, thanks to you, I remember uh, my second trip to Sweden. Um, you, your office uh, and others sent me this guidebook, and I think I have one of my best trip to Europe, uh, to, to Stockholm, uh, where uh, it seems like forever ago. It's only been two years ago, I think. Um, but it is, it is a country where it has a lot of, um, um, you know, a lot of traditions. Um, my best friend when I was growing up uh, in, in university was a Swedish-American, third generation. And so I feel like um, it's, it's one of these countries that has such 
really interesting traditions um, and uh, in terms of the openness and like you said in terms of um, you know uh, innovation and what I found fascinating for me that trip to, to, to Sweden was the the connection the the exploration uh, mm -hmm. going to the museum um, the way some of the these um, the, um, travelers in terms of they were traveling to China whether it's Tibet or, or that part of China even around turn of the centuries the explorers that was something that I find fascinating with with um, with, with Sweden and I look forward to going back um, when we can all travel again yeah. definitely is one yeah. of my favorite trips um, but then I think I want to kind of wrap up um, in terms of uh, talking about what's next for you mm -hmm. uh, in terms of your career you you mentioned your family you had an addition yes. uh, to your family here in Hong Kong uh, but then you know you're gonna be you and your family are gonna uh, leave Hong Kong uh, in, a, in a few days few weeks to uh, start a new challenge or new position um, but you know what what's next in your in your career and uh, yeah talk mm -hmm. about that. Uh, for me next is uh, taking up the position as Swedish ambassador to Colombia and uh, as you say I will be living with uh, not only not two kids but three kids because our my youngest daughter Chloe was born here and that will forever kind of uh, create a link for us with Hong Kong mm -hmm. and we gave her a Chinese name uh, so it's 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 her name in her passport oh great yeah so she has a Chinese name and uh, yeah for us Hong Kong will therefore be you know very special place more special than a, a normal posting I right, would say right. would be even though Hong Kong is a is very close to our heart with Chloe there every day we will always be reminded of Hong Kong um, so I, uh, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot because it's, we're going to miss Hong Kong. Uh, it's very difficult to leave, but it's life. It's the way, you know, it's the profession I choose. And we are very happy now to, uh, to engage in a new adve adventure in, in a region we don't know. Uh, we have never been in, uh, in South America. Uh, I'm now studying Spanish very intensively to, uh, to be able to, you know, uh, use Spanish as a working language when I arrive. Um, it's a challenge to find a way to go there, uh, frankly, because my, <laughs> my flight has been cancelled already two times. But I, as it looks now, I will leave uh, in seven days. So... Well, we're definitely going to miss you because you, you really added um, very much to um, Hong Kong and I think it's been um, this reminds me very much of our uh, Asia Society's um, mission is really to be the continue to be the bridge uh, and you know we are very grateful uh, to all the consul generals and especially um, for me it's been great working with you and I remember um, the, 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 the project uh, we worked on with the um, innovation um, tech group uh, in, in, in that year um, and it was just uh, something that will always be close to Asia society, uh, close to our heart. I want to wish you um, best of luck. But I guess before uh, we leave, the final question mm -hmm. really is, um, because we're talking about young people, uh, the, 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 uh, the podcast was designed um, to really inspire young mm -hmm. people or for them to think about it. And I think in your country, one of the most famous young person in the news these days has been Greta 
Thornburg, who has inspired the world in 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 the in her passion about the environment and and the the, the work that she has done, and and she was what only very young uh, mm-hmm. as a teenager to, and, and still quite young. Yeah. And, and and but so my question for you is. Um, your advice to your younger self, mm-hmm. um, you know, like somebody like a Greta's age, mm-hmm. what now has been through what you've been through um, in, in your career, what advice would you give to your younger self? I think um, for, I would, the, the advice I would give to myself is uh, to be curious, to read a lot, literature, to invest in education. I think that's really the best investment you can do in yourself. I I, I studied seven years and I don't regret one single minute of those seven years. On the contrary, now retrospect, I would add another two if I could. Uh, And uh, also take time to travel the world. I traveled a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot until you know, I got my first job, basically. I was, my first real job, uh, I would say, um, that when I was accepted into our diplomatic service, I was 26, no, 27, I think, yeah, 27. And, uh, you know, before that, I was traveling a lot to, to see the world, to understand the world. And also, I would advise myself and uh, young people to do something in or outside of your work, uh, which also benefits the community, to benefit others. Good advice. Yeah. Good advice. Well, on that note, thank you, uh, Helena. We're going to miss you, uh, and we're going to wish you all the best, you and your family, in your next exciting adventure. And knowing that you always have a home here, uh, and so if you ever come back to visit, please let us know and love to continue to keep in touch with you and and uh, but thank you thank you very much Alice I will definitely be back we will uh, you know we will keep a we will keep keep close contact with Hong Kong and our friends here great thank you thank you, thank you.